JC Corcoran Podcast. My heart rate's already up. I'm sweating a little bit. As you know, I have really taken to watching Rachel Ray, not because I'm trying to learn how to cook, but because she just constantly keeps saying things that are a suggestive nature. Uh, we had one yesterday. How about another Rachel Rayism right now here on K Hits 96? <sighs> wow. Look at the size of this sausage. <laughs> What is she doing? Oh, stop it. <laughs> She's got to know that when she says something like that. Uh. How about another one? <laughs> wow, they came together fast, huh? <laughs> oh, my. Rachel, Rachel, I like Rachel, your little Rachel. music interludes there. Yeah, nice. nice. One more. <laughs> Sounds huge, but you know what? I think I can handle it. <laughs> she is kind of dirty. <laughs> well. I got a million of them, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. <clears throat> One more. <laughs> it takes a big mouth to get around this. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, one more. You talked me into it. <laughs> buddy. Oh, well, if he's not coming off of my hand, he's not coming off of my soup, right? <laughs> That's the clincher. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, well. The people who work here have not been uh, able to avoid those type of instances, have they? Well, you know what? <laughs> God. Why? He started it, Sparks. I oh, yeah, he did. Then he acts all sweet and innocent. Oh, I didn't say anything. I'm you, man. Let's I don't say anything dirty. Let's see Listen, it, you, let's man. See, hey, let's see if it works. Let's, <laughs> he see, started. let's see if it still works with, with, with all this, okay? Let's try that. <laughs> Anus Adventure Part 18. I love that. <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> oh, perverts. Yeah. Thanks, John. Lightweight love toys. That is edited. That is I don't care what you say. You Should I just put in sex swing? I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a pervert, too. Look, we were talking about boobs today. Doesn't Laurie have a boob comment? Uh, that, uh... Oh, so you want to get her in? <laughs> God, jeez. Laurie's at home. My boobs came out to play. There it is. There you I want to die with my boobs naked and pointing upward. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Laurie Mack out with a sore back today. Right, well, or her sore boobs, boobs, maybe. Her boobs aren't Probably sore. because her boobs are... She's yeah. got some on her. Two to be exact. <laughs> I've counted. Right. And this is the history of the 24 years of this show. I'm just sort of sitting there doing the show, and then John comes along and takes the ball. Let's call Iran. Takes the tee out, puts the ball on the tee, and just sort of looks at me like, well, certainly you're not going to leave a ball sitting on a tee without hitting it. Keep your left arm straight as you take the club back, remember. No, I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're a teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful... Look. Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before? It's like days you 
Friday, June 2nd, 2023. Hi, kids. You're at jconthewine.com. Today is National Donut Day. Uh, I don't eat a lot of donuts. I don't need that kind of problem. They sure are good. Those Krispy Kremes, you don't even have to chew them. You bite into them, and they just sort of melt in your mouth. It's like eating meringue or something. It does bring up an uh, interesting question. If weight was not an issue, like in the movie Defending Your Life, they go to Judgment City and, uh, you know, you're dead, so you can eat whatever you want. You don't gain any weight. So anyhow, it brings up a good question. The question is, if there were no weight or health you know, issues, what could you just sit there and eat constantly until it was just all gone? And I, I, I thought about this a little bit, and I think my answer would be cherry pie. I think I'm most happy when I'm eating cherry pie. My wife does not understand this. What I will do sometimes is buy the smaller size cherry pie, not not the full size one. They have the smaller version. Not those tiny little things that the size of hockey pucks. Those things are just dry as a bone. There's an intermediate size. It's not a full size, but it's not one of those dinky ones. What I'll do is I'll buy those and bring them home knowing full well that I'm not going to eat much of it. But just the fact that I have it in the house, I see it there, and I can have it, I exercise self-control. By the time the pie goes bad and starts getting mold on it, it's probably only about half gone. It's almost like I'm playing a trick on my brain. My brain's not that sophisticated, so it's easy to play tricks on. As usual, somebody who has absolutely nothing to do with the celebration of National Donut Day is trying to horn in on the whole thing. Well, first of all, let me tell you where you can take advantage. For those of you who are listening, actually, on Friday, I know sometimes people binge and listen to a bunch of the podcasts all in a bunch, but on the uh, chance that you are listening on Friday and you can still take advantage of this, here you go. Krispy Kreme offering one free donut to everybody today. No purchase necessary. All you do is park your car, walk in, say, give me my goddamn donut, and you get one for free. You don't have to do anything. They have to give you one. Sure hope the employees know about that. And then Duncan giving out a free donut, but you got to buy a drink for that. And there's something called Duck Donuts, which I don't believe we have in St. Louis. They're giving out free cinnamon sugar donuts, no purchase necessary. But here's the thing that I was pointing to. Taco Bell is getting in on Donut Day. If you order through any of the big delivery apps and spend at least 20 bucks, they'll throw in a two-pack of their Cinnabon Delights. Add them to the cart before you pay. Taco Bell Donuts. I am so sure. We were just in this conversation the other day about the fact that I spent basically my entire life as a boob man. And women, please do not get irritated by this. We're men. We love you. We love your bodies. We adore them. We can't live without you. We love boobs. We love butts. It's not disrespectful to you at all. God damn it. <laughs> no matter what I say, say this will irritate somebody, but I'm telling you, we're men. We dig the female figure. It's what keeps us going. It's what makes us write poetry. It's what makes us sing rock and roll songs and do things like, ah, <coughs> baby, come back. You know, all that stuff. But there's a small percentage of women in this world who, well, they don't want to live in the real world, and they pretend like there's something wrong with this. There isn't. And we're not alone. For God's sakes, New York University, they decided to do a study to figure out what people think the perfect boobs look like, and they found out that being symmetrical doesn't really matter that much. I know there are some women who are very self-conscious about that. When they get a boob job, you know, the doctors will spend so much time making sure that they're the right size and everything, and it turns out it doesn't really matter. 
you know, it's those little imperfections in life that give things character, okay? So in other words, perfect boobs actually have some imperfections, all right? Moral of the story, whatever you ladies are dragging around, wear them proudly because they don't have to be perfect. I told the story on the radio show today, back when I was a very, very young broadcaster trying to break into the business. I was working at a radio station in Fort Wayne. It was a big top 40 AM radio station back in the 70s, and we were always doing stunts, running around doing appearances, giving away money, slapping bumper stickers on things, just you know, any way that we could get our presence in the presence of lots of people. So one year, the circus comes to town, and back then, you know, they didn't ask you to do things. They told you to do things. And I got a college degree. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm living in Fort Wayne, Indiana, working at a top 40 radio station playing. Well, luckily, I didn't have to play Disco Duck, but it wasn't much better. But when you're young, well, it's pretty much true of any profession. When you're young, you just want to get into the industry and you pretty much take whatever job there is and you do whatever they tell you. And then as time goes on, you build up a little. Well, you know how it works. So anyhow, they tell me circus is coming to town and you're going to be wrestling a bear. So, okay, I'm assuming the bear is not capable of killing me. And the guy says, eh, probably only if it falls on you. I'm thinking to myself, well, if you're wrestling anything it can fall on you well no that's not how it works just go out there they'll explain it so go out there and uh, sure enough it's exactly what you would think it would be people with uh, you know just wandering around backstage you know without any birth records of, of any kind people with one eye going off to the side guys running around who look like they cut their own hair without the benefit of a mirror and the show starts and i'm backstage and they're like okay we're getting ready to bring you on are you ready i'm like yeah okay now i remember somebody telling me a long time that a bear's front legs which i guess technically make them arms but whatever they are that they're really short much shorter than their hind legs and somebody told me that if um, you know that a bear's center of gravity is off, so in theory, if you could push down on a bear's head, it would not be able to stand up properly because it doesn't; it's not built that way. So pressure on top of the head would make it difficult for the bear to get up and and you know proceed to beat the snot out of you. Now I jump up into this thing and it almost looks like, you know when you have those trampolines in the backyard and they have the netting around the side? That's sort of what this was like, except it wasn't netting, it was like chain link fence. They open the little door and I jump up and I'm waving to the crowd and people are laughing. And the wrangler who's in there with me, he's reading me the rules and he's got a microphone and he's talking to the crowd and I'm standing there getting ready. He's got one of those long poles. It's like a rod. And what he does is he taps the bear when he wants him to do certain things the bear is trained to do it but i also observed that sometimes the bear just doesn't fucking feel like it and the guy's gotta hit him pretty good with this rod before the bear will do what he is supposed to be doing so i climb up through the little trap door i'm standing there in the ring everybody's laughing everybody's cheering this guy's yeah jc's gonna wrestle the bear you know blah 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 he says all right let's go and i approach the bear and the bear is on all fours. And that's exactly what I did. I pushed down on the top of his head and I'll be goddamned if it didn't work. The bear could not stand up. Now the bear was also about 200 years old and didn't have any teeth, but 
The point is, is that it worked. The Bears' center of gravity is not right, and so I, I'm winning now. And now the crowd's really cheering, and I'm waving. I got one hand. I'm waving because I've got one hand on the Bears' forehead and pushing them down, and this Bear cannot stand up and come after me. Well, now the Wrangler is getting pissed off at me, and he's got that rod, and now he's hitting me with the rod. Like, cut it out. You can't do that. Who are you, a uh, commissioner of the World Bear Wrestling League? I don't see any rule book. And he hit me with the thing pretty good once, and I just sort of looked at him like, okay, get the idea. You're going to keep hitting me until the bear wins. And so at that point, the bear snuck up on me, knocked me down, and, and he won. But it was looking good there for a while. The reason I mention this is because there's been a bunch of bear sightings in Missouri. There's one town, oh, Salem, Missouri. That's about 5,000 people, sort of in the middle of the state. And uh, the local police department is reminding people that bear wrestling is illegal in Missouri. It's a class A misdemeanor. The sightings, like I said, were in the middle of the state. And and there was a story on the news, on the network news last night, about people who are going to state parks and thinking they can get a selfie with a wild animal, like a boar or a, uh, what was the thing? Oh, a buffalo. And they're showing the cell phone video of these people approaching these wild animals. And the animals get just get really pissed off and charging them, knocking them down. So they're putting signs up, like, you know, all over Yosemite going, um, don't. This is reminding me of a movie that came out about 20 years ago. And this was one of the great things about Siskel and Ebert, is that uh, they would tell you about movies that you never would have known anything about had you not been watching their show. Because, yeah, they did all the big movies like the Top Guns and the Barbara Streisand movies at the time and all that. So all of that was a big deal. But they also made sure that they shine a little light on the independent films, smaller movies that you wouldn't know anything about had you not been watching the show. And one of the movies I said about 20 years ago was called Grizzly Man. And it was sort of a documentary. And it was this guy in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, he saw himself as sort of like a, a bear whisperer. The only problem is, is that He was the only one who thought that. And so a whole movie basically is put together of his videos of him living with bears. When I say living with them, living, probably living among them, but, but at a distance. So in other words, you'd see the bear out in the stream trying to catch fish. And this guy would be on the banks of the river and you'd see the bear in the background. He seemed to know how close he could get to the bears before they would get pissed off and maybe charge him. So you're watching this movie and you're just thinking the whole time, where is this going to go? Where is this story going? And he's uh, really, he's got really bizarre mannerisms and everything. I don't really know how to, very eccentric type guy. And a young guy too, probably in his 30s. And on the off chance that you plan on renting this movie or downloading or whatever, because it really is well made and it's a fascinating thing to watch for 90 minutes. I don't want to tell you what happens at the end. I love movies like this, though. I love movies like this. Grizzly Man. Eh, I said it was about 20 years ago. This Taylor Swift stuff is getting out of control. Uh, Many would argue it already is out of control. Already, you know, we've been hearing the stories about, you know, $15,000 tickets. And you would think that for $15,000, it would be in the first five or ten rows. No, no. Just to get in the place, some people are spending $10,000. 
And there's been some really disturbing developments, as if that's not disturbing enough. $15,000 ticket to see Taylor Swift. There are two things, like I said, happening. One is uh, an actual medical term, which I have forgotten what it is, but it's amnesia something. And what it basically means is these kids, these young women primarily, get so whipped up in anticipation of the show and then the night of the show, they're out of their minds and they go see the show and they almost d- transfer themselves into an altered state. And they wake up the next morning and can't remember anything about the show. It's like they suffer from uh, some form of sensory overload to the point where the next morning you get up and you go, I know I went to Taylor Swift. How was the show, honey? I, I can't remember. I don't remember what songs she sang or which songs she didn't sing. And keep in mind, you're talking about a $15,000 ticket in some cases. Now, of course, the overwhelming majority of people are not paying that kind of money, but they're still paying a lot, especially at this stage of the game with the secondary ticket market and everything like that. It's probably, you know, you're lucky to get a ticket for under 1500 bucks. So that's problem number one, is that you pay all that money and then you go and you don't even remember it because your brain just basically goes into another dimension. The other thing that's happening is, There are reports of all kinds of Taylor Swift fans. This is not reserved for any one socioeconomic group. They're wearing adult diapers. Why? Because they don't want to have to go to the bathroom and miss any of her songs. I can imagine if you pay $15,000 for a ticket, you'd probably say, I don't want to miss anything. But come on, adult diapers? This is where this thing crosses over from being a fan to being a stalker and really being part of a cult. Well, if if this were happening in other any other situation, wouldn't you say, "Oh, yeah, you got a cult going there"? I don't get it. I mean, I, I, I guess you know her songs are okay, but for those of you who are not, <laughs> you're going to see Taylor Swift, and you're not really capable or willing to make that level of a commitment to wear adult diapers. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you about the songs you missed while you were in the bathroom. Uh, she was dating this guy. And uh, he disappointed her, and they broke up, and that's pretty much it. Next week, we're kicking off our 39th anniversary with highlights here on the podcast and also on the new morning radio show on K-Wolf at 101.5 and 101.7. We're digging back into the archives, and you know some of the sound quality is not that great because it was archived originally on cassette. That's how old this stuff is, but... It's really funny. Some of it, you know, we were all kids. I was 31 when I started that job in St. Louis back in 1984. And, you know, a lot of you were like still in high school and stuff. We grew up together. And some of the stuff I'm sure you've not heard in a long time. Well, first of all, you haven't been able to really hear me in St. Louis for the last 13 and a half years. So right there. You got something. So, again, we're digging way back. A lot of the old stuff is with me and the U-Man, and I was listening to some of it last night, and I was laughing out loud. I texted John, and I sent him a promo that's going to be running on the radio station over the course of the weekend. There's actually two that are rotating, and they are really, really funny. So here on the podcast and also on the radio show, we're going to do that at 5.50, 6.50, and 7.50 on K-Wolf, and then we'll do some stuff here on the podcast next week as well. 2001 was a great day in this country because I was at the screening of a movie called Swordfish. This was the movie where, for the first time, 
Halle Berry said, eh, I'm going to quit the grin and drop the linen. And there was that uh, famous scene of her sunning herself. Let's just put it this way. It was worth the price of admission. Saw the screening of Jurassic Park in L.A. on this date in 93. Con Air, Nicolas Cage, one of the worst, most offensive, awful, vile, misogynistic movies I've ever seen in my life. We were seeing that in L.A. on this date back in 1997. And my archives pretty much go all the way back to about 1982. But it was on this date in 1970. 1970. Final day of school. Final day of high school my junior year. And I'm told I have an envelope waiting. And I go pick up the envelope at the office. I open it up. And it is my varsity letter for baseball. My varsity letter. Which I immediately had my mom sew onto my high school jacket and then it's like, <laughs> like 90 degrees that summer i'm walking around in one of those big leather you know the ones with the leather sleeves but i got my uh i got my letter oh man i was bad i was bad i didn't even play that much i did my senior year but up until that point i was actually sort of surprised that i got the letter did i mention i was bad kenny loggins played the muni on this day back in 1985 a lot of you will remember that the Muni was a concert venue back in the day. They ended all of that. That's one of the main reasons that Irv and Steve from Contemporary Production put the uh, funds together for the project to build Riverport because they're like, nah, 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 we don't be dicking around with the Muni. I'm not even really sure the Muni liked the idea. Plus, they had so many dates sewn up because of the shows that they do out there. So, progress. And Robert Plant played the Fox Theater back on this date in 1986. I took a trip on this date in 2007, took my daughters, who were, I think, like 9 and 11 or 12 at the time, somewhere in there, 2007, took them to Arizona, Phoenix, Sedona, and the Grand Canyon. You stand on the rim of the Grand Canyon, you just sort of look out. I've got a million pictures, but you just look out, and if you've never been there, God, don't die without going to the Grand Canyon. It should be on everybody's bucket list who has not made it out there. Although I don't like the sign. There's a couple of signs that say this. It says, most people die because they get too close to the rim of the Grand Canyon. And, you know, it seems like an obvious thing to put up. It was just that one word, most. Most people die because they get too close to the edge. Well, how do the other ones die? They're not close to the edge? Like me right now? So how would this be an issue for me? I, I, I still don't understand. You go back 20 or 30 years, and on the network news, the financial people were always old white guys with bad hair and crumpled suits. And they'd be saying, you know, the GDP against the unemployment rate and the inflation rate and the Federal Reserve. And you're like, oh, God. So remember, uh, CBS had a guy by the name of Ray Brady. Real nice guy. Got a chance to interview him once. But now, now, like a lot of TV, if you look like you were a cheerleader at some point and you got big blonde hair, big boobs were always a plus, you are the new financial advisor. Uh, CBS has somebody by the name of Jill Schlesinger. She's very, very nice gal and knows her stuff. They used to have uh, a woman by the name of... Uh, Francine Frankovic. Is that her name? The last name is Frankovic. I still remember when I was interviewing her at the end, I said, well, I've really appreciated your work over the years. I also appreciate the work of your brother, Weird Al Frankovic. And she laughed. 
really, really hard. I don't think a lot of people, when they're talking financial stuff in interviews, crack jokes with her. So that one probably seemed extra funny. Anyhow, jobs report came out today, and it's one of those situations, again, where the good news looks like good news, but it's actually bad news. Remember, this is topsy-turvy Wall Street. So a stronger-than-expected labor report could mean that the Federal Reserve might not sit and, and sort of say passively, let's wait and see, the Fed could be considering another quarter point mm. increase. Now, they may say, oh, well, the unemployment rate went up. It was 3.7%. Uh, but again, we've been averaging 341,000 jobs every single month for 12 months. I will say that maybe, maybe they'll still pause because they might say, well, we had another 440,000 Americans who were unemployed last month. Maybe they're going to wait and see. So we just don't know. That could throw markets into a little bit of a volatile session today. That's how complicated this stuff is. It looks like good news. Turns out to be bad news. All right. The CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, are having a big convention. And at the convention, 181 people contracted COVID. Coughs, fevers, and chills. That would be irony. Cardinals have that weekend series in Pittsburgh. And again, we got one of those situations on Sunday where you're going to have to look around and figure out a way to watch the game because it will not be on the places that you are traditionally seeing the Cardinals play baseball. Sunday is going to be broadcast on the Peacock Network streaming. All right. And a lot of people don't have Peacock, and a lot of people don't know if they have Peacock. And by the way, Albert Pujols will be providing the color commentary. He's going to be in the booth for the first time. There are rumblings that he could be going to work for the MLB network. Oh, and by the way, did I mention that the game starts at 10.30 in the morning St. Louis time on Sunday? A lot of people just be getting home at 10.30. Oh, and uh, the Tom Brady stories, because we did it even yesterday, Tom Brady, there were rumors going around that he was going to get back into football and be the starting quarterback for Vegas. And he finally said yesterday, I am done playing football. That's it. Here are the celebrities we hate, according to an MSN.com poll. Number 10, Woody Allen. Number 9, Kevin Hart. Jesse Eisenberg. They don't like that sort of nerdy maniac stuff. James Franco at seven, Will Smith at six, Lena Dunham, yes, annoying at five, Jared Leto, that I don't understand, but people find him creepy. It's because of the roles that he plays for the most part, but damn good actor. James Corden, one of these guys who tries to come off as relatable, but people find him to be the exact opposite. He's got Ron DeSantis disease. Poor Steven Seagal at number two. I've told you the story before. I had a blast with Steven Seagal when he was in St. Louis. And he told me, he said, if you lived in L.A., you and I would hang out. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what that means. What are you telling me? And number one, and I find this fascinating, he's still, still considered a celebrity, Andy Dick. Got a new Spider-Man movie today. And this uh, Lily Rose Depp HBO series. This is uh, not a series, it's a movie. This is uh, Johnny Depp's daughter, who is an actress, and she plays a pop star who falls for a shady self-help guru played by The weekend while trying to reclaim her sex symbol status after a nervous breakdown. That's a lot going on there, but I think I may give that a watch tonight. We'll see. 34 years ago today, 1989, the then Rolling Stones bassist Bill Wyman marries 18-year-old Mandy Smith. 
He'd been seeing her since she was 13. He divorced the girl when she grew too old for him two years later, and not long after, Wyman's son started nailing Mandy's mom. I think this is where that song, I'm My Own Grandpa, came from. All right, birthdays this weekend. Today, Dana Carvey, 68. He's enjoying life. Jerry Mathers, the Beeve at 75. Tomorrow, Rafael Nadal, tennis superstar, 37. Anderson Cooper, 56. Sunday, Bar Raffelli, an Israeli supermodel who used to exchange bodily fluids with Leonardo DiCaprio, 38. Angelina Jolie, 48. Russell Brand, 48. Noel Wiley used to be a big deal on ER, 52. Horatio Sands, one of those guys I just find funny. Saturday Night Live's first Latin cast member, 54 years old. Michelle Phillips, Mamas and Papas, 79. Bruce Dern, 87. And Dr. Ruth, who is the real deal, 95 today. And Kim Kardashian appeared on a list of the richest self-made women. She finished just three places behind her ass. And with that in mind, the J.C. Corcoran podcast for Friday, June 2nd, 2023 is in the can. We're here Every weekday morning, following the radio show on K-Wolf at 101.5 in City and 101.7 West and beyond, you can contact me by email, jc at jconthewine.com, Facebook, the showgram with J.C. Corcoran. We start year number 39 on Monday with highlights from the previous 39 years of reincarnated radio shows over the years on K-Wolf and then here on the podcast, too. Have yourself a great weekend. We've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. You want to die with my boobs naked and pointing upward. (laughs) (laughs) The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.